message today. I, when Ann said she forgot one of her sheep, it occurred to me that one other time when I was doing a sermon here, I got to the last page of the sermon and I wasn't there. And mine was on the bench downstairs. Um, so I had to just kind of add over the night back and I was talking about. And then I started putting them in a block binder so that I knew that they were all here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. Um, and I understand how that works. Today I'm going to talk about um, prayer. When I was preparing this sermon, I took a class. My class on preparing sermons. Seems like a good idea. Um, the instructors gave us a process to follow. That process included about eight or ten breaks in the process to pray. The prayer we were, we were, we were it was suggested that we, we offer was to keep us connected to God's Spirit. Was connected to the message that, that God and I want us to deliver. Prayer was not, uh, please make this a good sermon. It was not, please God, you know, make, make me do this good. It was, keep me connected. It made me think, oh, maybe I should talk about prayer. Once I decided that that was going to be one of my topic, the title that came to my mind was, this is purpose of the sermon, I want to be clear that this is a chronicle how I have come to understand and use prayer. Not necessarily anyone else's perspective, although notice that I've consulted it. Hopefully you will find it helpful. With that in mind, you'll hear me talking in the first person a lot in this sermon. Two scriptures form the basis of this sermon. One is where Matthew is in Matthew, where Jesus talks about how and when to pray dominating in what we know as the Lord's Prayer. It talks about praying, praying privately, not making a big show of it. Prayer is a kind of communication with God, not a demonstration of how righteous we are. The other scripture is from Paul's letter to the Philippians. A letter written while he was in prison. In it, in spite of his current situation, he exhorts others to not be anxious about anything, about that, just sitting in prison. Assuring them of God's presence. He also speaks about Christians who keep their focus on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, loving, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, and to put it into practice. Going to the quote that I mentioned this morning that would be focusing on the light. With that in mind, listen to the familiar prayer of, that we uh, know as the Lord's Prayer as I recite it. I want you to see what you notice. In particular, I'd like you to consider that how this prayer might sound if you restated it in your own words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. God bless Mommy and Daddy, Jackie, Mays, Peggy, and Sissy and Uncle Kenny, Marcy and Linda, and all of my other family and friends. In Jesus' name. 
knows. Where is your failure, is it? Took the last one. That part was what I said as a child. I said my prayers before going to bed. Included a request to bless my immediate family, mother and father, my sister, Jackie, grandmother who lived with us in days, our dog, Peggy, and relatives with whom we spent the most time. I was talking to God, and he was writing this all down. Felt good to have this conversation. I did not understand much of the first part, but knew it was something he liked to hear. As I grew up, here was the way, the way in which I handled difficulties and, to a lesser extent, expressed gratitude when things went well. Prayers like, God, please help me avoid getting into trouble. I messed up. God, please make Paris the capital of the United Kingdom after I take my drug test. God, please let me win this game or race or get a good score on this test or get a specific girl's attention. And then, prayers of gratitude like, thank you, God, for helping me win, succeed, or get that girl's attention. Who's trying this action? If I was a good person, God answered my prayers. If I just, if I just messed up occasionally, God would see to it that I would have If I was a bad person, he would have listened. That's how I believe it works. But that's not how it works at all. A deal of prayer is also further skewed by watching athletes. And if you notice when athletes do something well, or they win a game, or they get a home run, they pray. Say thank you. I'm looking for the time when the guy is playing baseball and he has an error and he looks up and says thank you. Don't see that. Not in church, but it was in AA that I began saying prayer differently. As I learned the humility that is necessary for recovery. I heard and internalized the words, pray for understanding, not out. That made sense. With that in mind, prayer became a way to get closer to God. I find it in myself to love even those who I found unlovable. It allowed me to be freed from anger and rage. I let go of shame and allowed me to be more clearly, more clearly see a path forward that extended my ability to live in Christian. Reverend Robin Myers writes that prayer can be something more than a simple transaction between us and God, but as an act of humility, to hold open an empty space in silent meditation, seeking higher ground. Prayer can become, can become to worship what poetry is for the soul. It can be a place where we model honesty, honorability, courage, and a deeper, more profound. When Jesus prayed, his prayers were simple and mostly private. He often ended with a plea for understanding, recognition that it was God's will, not his, that was important. This is even <clears throat> this is evident when he prayed the night before his crucifixion. Initially, he asked to be relieved of the burden. Take this cup from that same prayer. Please don't 
have to do this. But then he finishes with, but your will, not mine, be done. So I'm trusting that understanding God's will is critical to finding peace in my life. Feeling God's presence is essential to making that connection. To better feel what this presence brings, I'd like to recount a story about an indigenous tribe and has a ritual for boys reaching their 13th birthday. A young man is led into the woods, blindfolded, and put in a place that is unfamiliar, where he will spend the night alone. Imagine being in the alone, in the woods alone like that, hearing the noises, not knowing what might be lurking in the darkness, trying to sleep while being preoccupied with their own safety. Dawn arrives, it's time for the young man to make his way back to the village. At that point, his father says, for having hid nearby, his bow and arrow protecting his son all night. This image speaks to me of the presence of God. God's presence is nearby, protecting me, offering me a way to find peace. And I learned to trust in that presence to find peace. Is this true that God Spirit is always present behind me. I find it when I see it, seek it. Hey, when I step away from my anger, hurt, fear, even rage, and love, I find it when I acknowledge it's there for the For that reason, when I pray, I often begin with a statement of gratitude for God's presence. Something like, thanks for being here, God. I'm not prescribing that for others, but it helps me remember that I only need to seek the spirit of God my answers. Prayer is not about me reminding God of what he needs to be done. It is me reminding myself of what God can do. God was hope. Yes, Lewis described prayer as something that doesn't change God, it changes me. That was my heart. So I can listen. And I think the times I've prayed in recent years, especially as I've continued my recovery from alcoholism, I notice that I feel a sense of peace when I ask for understanding and listen. I also notice that when I acknowledge my failings, the times when I didn't follow the love as I should have, and express this to God honestly, I feel peace. So listen. When I listen, I hear a voice. I don't, I rarely hear a voice, but I do feel a sense of peace. What's the direction you can prepare? One author, Janet Cole McHenry, McHenry, wrote about Jesus' prayers, made the point that praying that God's will be done is no way of saying whatever and then walking away. It is a way of saying, help me understand your will. Then have the courage to do what it takes to follow. Hear that second part. I must listen. Two prayers that have a particular meaning for me are the Serenity Prayer and the Prayer of St. Francis. The Serenity Prayer, a prayer attributed to Reinhold Niebuhr, and an essential part of recovery reminds me to follow God's will. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept those things I cannot change to change those things I can, and the wisdom of the difference. The 
This prayer suggests the need to listen to gain the wisdom needed to discern what can and cannot change. Then there's the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me so charity. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. My Master, grant that I may not seek so much to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. This prayer reminds me of what I need to do. I need to listen to guidance on how to do these things. Recently, a client of mine offered a different prayer. Having been born in poverty to a 14 year old mother, her life has been filled with trauma. She, however, is not a victim. Right. a moment of anxiety recently, she offered this prayer. Man, I don't know what you're doing, God, but I'm just going to be quiet and listen. Finally, I began with the Lord's Prayer. I asked that you consider how you might change those words to put them in your own words. I'd like to end with it also, only in my own words. Jesus said to pray like this. I'm sure you meant. Also, to make it real, so that you can so have me. Here's my prayer. Good morning, God. Thanks for being here with me. I see you in everything around me that is beautiful and lovely. Your presence gives me hope. I'm listening to understand your will and ask to have the courage to act as you. As I let your love embrace me, I feel peace, more loving to others, and nourishes my fears and anxieties diminish, as I know I will be guided by your will and gladness. I'm grateful for your grace and forgiveness, and knowing its power in my life, I will give it to those who need it the most. I know that there are things that will tempt me, things that will distance me from doing your will, things that will encourage me to do what's easier, what feels good, and not what's needed. I know your love will surround me and give me the courage, and I also know that there are times that I I might not bother, bother to love as I should. Those times I ask for your help. My peace lies in listening to the power of your love in my life, embracing the beauty of your creation, and committing to spreading your love to others, even those who provoke my anger and fears. With your love and guidance, I will strive to be perfect in each moment. And when I fall short, I come to you for guidance. My goal is to spread your love and peace in the I'm going to give you a few more moments to offer your own prayer. I encourage you to say your prayer silently, speak personally, and informally to God. Then take a few moments to listen and notice what happens, what you feel, and what occurs to you. Well, in this time of silent prayer with a great family, it captures how it feels to be when I pray. Number 393 in your hymnal. You can that, but first, take a moment to pray.